listening to an episode from our Design Thinking Season, a series of conversations with people talking about their ideas and experiences with the design thinking process, universal design and inclusive design. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kira. And I am Amin. We are talking with Fiona Walsh from Imagine Coaching. Uh, you're very welcome. Fiona, can you tell us a bit about yourself? I can, yes. Thanks for having me. I'm a visual communication specialist and I work with PowerPoint on a mission to ban death by PowerPoint and help businesses to present better. I train people to create professional looking slides, but not only that, I also help them use the technology so that they can actually present better. And um, I design slides and branded templates for businesses. Thank you. PowerPoint has become a hugely important medium for communication. What do you look for in a well-designed presentation? Okay, so I think one of the most important things is well-aligned content. I really like content to look nice and clean and aligned. And I find a lot of slides that I see there, there's content and it's all sort of jumbled around and it, it doesn't look very professional. Um, also, when you go from one slide to another, it can uh, jump around the screen quite a lot if the content isn't aligned well. So that would be the first thing. Next, I think from a branding point of view, and I don't just mean branding for a business, but you know, even for an individual creating a presentation, what I see is a lot of people using the standard Microsoft color theme. And that color theme has been around, I think, since 2010. And it's the default theme. So when you click for a new file, you automatically get this color theme. And because it's been around for a long time, everybody's used to seeing those colors. So if you were to create a chart, or insert a chart or smart art, it's going to pick up these default colors. And I find a lot of people aren't familiar with the fact that there are lots of other themes, color themes in PowerPoint it's very, very easy to choose and give your presentation a very different look. So it, it can look very different from everybody else's. It can stand out just by picking a, another color theme rather than the default one in PowerPoint. Um, I also find that from a branding point of view, people often don't put their branding, their color palette into a presentation. And that's quite easy to do. You can add your theme colors and save that as um, a, a, default theme or as a theme and then often you will see people with no logos at all or, or no branding on there so that, that's quite important if you are in business. I think uh, another thing is succinct text if you're actually presenting and what I mean by that is that you could be using PowerPoint for another purpose so for example you could be uh, sending a PDF file round for project update. So people are viewing it themselves on their screen. But if you are actually presenting, you really need to use the slides as a summary. And quite often I see people with sentences and long sentences of text. And for a presentation, I think really that needs to be abbreviated and succinct so that it's really just a, an overview. So it doesn't need to be a full sentence. You can take out the filler words and abbreviate it. So it wouldn't be the same text that you'd have in a written document. Um, and then I think using appropriate visuals. So for example, if you were giving a business presentation, maybe it's a, an update to the board of directors. 
and you were using visuals in that context, you would want them to be a bit more business-like. Whereas perhaps if you were presenting in an educational setting, maybe you know, you're presenting to school children, then it can be a bit more fun. Okay, you can use different types of visuals in that environment. Thank you very much for your answer. As a follow-up question, what uh, features would you use for your own designs that people don't generally know about? Okay, I think for Office 365 subscribers, the big thing there is stock images. So I find that a lot of people aren't familiar with the stock images function. Uh, this was launched, it was launched last year. I think it was around April. 2021 and when they launched they launched with 8,000 images uh, they're adding to those on a regular basis um, they are free to use within PowerPoint or actually any of the Microsoft Office suites so you can also use them in Excel Outlook and Word uh, they're free to use providing you keep them in PowerPoint you can't or, or in one of those those um, programs you can't then download it as a separate image to use it elsewhere but providing it's used in PowerPoint there's a fantastic resource there and they're really high quality images so you can do a lot with them um, one of the tools that I really like with images is removing the background people tend to think that this is a function that you can only do in something a bit more advanced like Photoshop but you can do it in PowerPoint it may not be quite as good as Photoshop, but it still can be done without having to pay for that license. And it's quite easy to use as well. It's uh, fairly uh, self-explanatory when you, when you know where it is and that it exists. There's also a tool called the Screen Recording Tool. And I think this is available from versions 2019 onwards and the, the 365 version as well. And what this allows you to do is anybody that's making instructional videos or demonstrations on screen, you can start recording and then PowerPoint, the file you're working in in PowerPoint will minimize down automatically and it'll show the next screen that you have behind PowerPoint. And then you can start recording any of the actions on the screen. And when you click stop, it'll automatically pop that video onto the slide in PowerPoint for you. So anybody doing instructional training, that's a really, really handy one. You don't need a third party tool for your screen recording. Um, there's another thing that I really like, another tool that I really like. It's an add-in in PowerPoint and it's for icons called the Noun Project. Now, for any 365 subscribers, there are a lot of icons in PowerPoint. We also have them in 2019. There's not as many in 2019 version as 365. For anybody that maybe has an older version or maybe you can't find what you're looking for in the, the library stock, the Noun Project has over 3 million icons. So you will find the icon you're looking for there. There is a free version and there's also a subscription version, which is about 30 euro, 35 euros a year. So it isn't a huge amount if icons are something you're working with a lot. So I can guarantee you will find one there. And I think the final thing I would mention um, in relation to awesome features would be the speaker coach. Speaker coach, um, sometimes it's referred to as speaker coach, sometimes rehearse with coach. So this allows you to run your presentation 
and deliver it. So you're talking through your slides and the functionality gives you live, live feedback on how you're presenting. So for example, if I were reading from the slides, it can pick that up through AI and it can tell me I'm reading the slides and it'll say, you're reading the slides as a reminder to perhaps be talking about the content on the slides rather than reading it. It will also notify you of any filler words you're using. So for example, if I kept repeating so like, it's going to pick that up and point, point it out to me live while I'm practicing so that I can try then to not use those words quite as much. And after you finish, it actually gives you a full report. It'll give you a report on the tone. So how you are bringing the voice up and bringing the voice down. So it's sort of helping you with the, the intonation so that your voice isn't monotone. It'll give you a list of these filler words that you're using. It will uh, also give you a score on inclusivity. And that is around how you're maybe talking to your audience. So rather than maybe talking about me, me, me all the time, it's going to give some feedback on inclusivity. So you might be you know, bringing your audience into the presentation and, and talking to them rather than just talking about yourself. Uh, and there's one other thing. Yeah, the pace, it will measure the pace for you and tell you how, how it thinks you're, you're doing with pace. And I think it gives you that live as well. So that's a really, really handy one for practicing your delivery of presentation. And that's only available in 365. Thank you for those tips. Uh, can you talk about your own workflow? Yes, for me, I'm always looking for, or when I'm working with a company, I'm looking for the logo and their branding first. So usually they won't have their own color palette. So that's the first thing I'll do. A lot of businesses come to me and their logo might have one and one or two colors in it, maybe three, but they don't have a full palette to put into PowerPoint. PowerPoint has six colors in their palette. And if a company only has a couple, then it's a case of finding the extra few colors to complement that. There's tools you can use for that. So, for example, Adobe Color is one of those. And what you do is, and if a company just comes with a logo, they might not even know the colors of that logo. So, first of all, we can use the eyedropper tool in PowerPoint to establish what that color is. And in PowerPoint, it'll give us either the RGB value, the red, green, blue value, or the hex value. Then we can take those values, either the RGB or the hex, and we can put that into Adobe Color as a middle color. And then it will suggest other colors using the science of the color wheel that are going to complement the color that we've put in there. There are other tools in addition to Adobe Color. I find Adobe Color quite a, an, an easy one to use, but there are some others that will give you um, six colors to go in the palette. Adobe Color gives you five, so sometimes you have to play around to find an additional one. There are a few tools out there that will give you six because this is what you need in PowerPoint. So for example, as I mentioned earlier, when you put a chart in, th those are the colors it's gonna pick up to have in the chart. Um, another thing would be fonts then, to consider the fonts. Um, fonts can say a lot about our brand. So if it's a very professional type brand that we're looking at, maybe it's a service industry or service business, you want something that's going to look professional. 
Perhaps if it's something a bit more fun, you could go for something a little bit more quirky. Um, and something I see is a lot is people using the default fonts in PowerPoint. So again, stay away from the default fonts so that your presentation can look different to other people's. The next thing would be the content, an outline of the slides required and the actual text or, or the not necessarily the actual text, because I'd probably cut that down, but the, the text around what the person is trying to get across in the slide. Then I'd be looking at the number of slides. So how many slides have we got when we've um, you know, got our, our content together? And then I would be looking at the imagery and how we're going to present what they're trying to get across their message. Thank you very much. Now a question regarding more uh, webinars and video creation. Uh, is using PowerPoint for webinars and creating videos essentially the same thing, or do you think there is a difference? That's an interesting question. I think there's a little bit of a difference. So both are viewed on screen at close range, as opposed to, say, in a conference environment where we're looking at slides, you know, across a conference room. Um, but I think they're a little bit. I think they're a bit, little bit different. For a webinar. Um, you're going to be sitting in a webinar probably for a minimum of 30 minutes. And I think there can be a lot of visual distraction. So I have sat through a presentation in a webinar once, and there was a really complex transition. So the transition is where we move from one slide to another. And there's lots of default ones in PowerPoint. Some of them are really, really fancy. Some of them are quite smooth. This was a very, very fancy uh, one that moved quite a lot. And I found it very, very distracting because I was sitting at my desk, my monitors, you know, a few meters, well, not a few meters, a few centimeters away from uh, from me. And every time we went from one slide to another, I had this really big distraction. And at one point then the presenter went through several slides and it was a bit of an overload for me. Whereas I think in a video, you'd be using more animation and transitions. So I think really for a video, and for a video, you want it to stand out more. So you're going to use those more fancy transitions and animations. Um, tools like the morph function. So the morph function, this is a transition. It allows you to have content on one slide. And basically, you duplicate the slide to another. And then you can move the content around. And when we play the slide, show and we go from the one first slide to the second slide the content on the slide will change it can change uh, location it can change color and it's a really nice smooth almost like a video like animation so if i were creating a video file or something to be exported into a video file in powerpoint the more function is definitely one that i would use is there a single slide design that can satisfy the whole audience ah no that's uh, that's a great <laughs> great question I think it depends on the purpose of the slide. So for me, I think there's three things that we need to consider here. The first one is people. Second one is purpose. And then we have place. So if we're thinking about the people, who is it that we're presenting to? Talked a little bit about this earlier and some of the early questions. It could be you're presenting to your board of directors. You could be presenting to a class of primary school children. You could be doing a business webinar. It could be a motivational uh, motivational day in person in a conference. We need to think about who it is that we are presenting to. The next thing then is the purpose. So what are we trying to do? What outcome do we want? 
do we want to inform people on something? Perhaps we just want to give them information. Do we want to influence them? You know, maybe we want to get them to change their lifestyle. You know, maybe we need to get them to lose weight, for example, take up exercise, you know, get healthier. Uh, or maybe we want to inspire them. That's another thing. Maybe we want them to, uh, you know, take long-term action. And then we've got the third thing, which is the place. So where is it? I think this is a really important one as well. It could be online. It could be on in person. And if it's in person, is it in a conference room? Is it in a meeting room? Perhaps we're doing a one-to-one -one and we're both sitting in front of the same screen anyway. Or maybe we're going to send an overview round to people afterwards as a PDF. Some people are using PowerPoint and there's no intention to present with it. It's a tool for creating graphics, maybe creating an infographic, and it's going to be sent around as a PDF as a project update. So I think that's really important to consider those. So I think in answer to the question, I would probably say no, there isn't, because it depends on those three things as to what that content is in that slide. Thank you. Now, uh, related to the topic of uh, accessibility, uh, what design choices do you think make a slide more accessible, for example, for visually impaired persons or persons with other various disabilities? I think one of the things I would see very commonly would be contrast. So I often see slides where the contrast is very, very poor. There is a tool called Contrast Checker and you can put the color references of your background and text and it will give you a score as to how easily people can read that with visual impairments so the information it gives you back will it gives you kind of a score red or, or green score so it pass or fail for different font sizes so I think it does it for font 12, font 18 and font 20 something. So it'll tell you if people with visual impairments can read that easily at that particular font size. It also has a grayscale element as well. So you can switch grayscale on and it'll tell you if um, people with that don't see in color can read it as well. The way we use this tool, same thing we were talking about before with the hex codes and the RGB values. We can find those values using our eyedropper tool and then we can put them into the contrast checker tool. It's quite simple and it will tell us how that's going to read. And that's probably the biggest thing that, that I would see. Other than the built-in accessibility checker, are there other ways to build accessibility into presentations? There is, yes. There's a um, fairly new tool. I think it was out at some point last year called the accessibility checker. And we find that on the review tab. And we can switch it on so that it's on all the time when we're working presentation. Uh, it has its own ribbon. So it has a tab that you can open to go into. And it uh, measures or, or looks at a number of aspects. One of them is hard to read contrast, which is what we've sort of just talked about. It will highlight where you've missed out any alt text on any images. And I think that's probably a big one because I doubt many people are adding alt text to PowerPoint presentations. And this would be very important then if we're sending something around afterwards. So if we're sending a file around for people to look at afterwards and there's no alt text, when somebody is using uh, a reader, it's not going to read anything out. So they, they don't know what the images are. So for those of you that aren't familiar with alt text, it's a brief description of the image. So for example, 
it could say um, person drinking a cup of tea or person with a mug of something they're drinking. You know, it gives the context for the person that cannot see what, what is in that image. OK. Um, another one is missing slide title. And that's probably one that I'm most guilty of. Sometimes I don't have slide titles because I might have a, a full size image and a bit of text. And um, if somebody comes onto the slide, then I suppose they're not sure what the slide is about. And also then something called the reading order pane. So this one, if we're using an immersive reader, will tell the audience in which order it needs to read out the text boxes. So let's imagine you've put a slide together from a blank slide. So you might have different text boxes that you've put in. And from the immersive reader point of view, it needs to know which is going to be read first. So, you know, it could be that you've got an image, a circular image in the middle of the slide and you've got text boxes going around that in a circle. Where does it start reading from? Does it start reading from 12 o'clock? You know, does it start reading from the, the left hand side from, from nine o'clock and work its way around? If somebody's using the reader, it might be reading the wrong part first. So it's just going to highlight which, which bit comes first. So that's another really, really important one. There's also, just um, thinking about subtitling and captioning, there's also in PowerPoint live uh, subtitling that you can use. And this one can be switched on and can be left or can be switched on all the time so that every time you go to present, it's, um, it's there ready for you. Um, we have tools like um, PowerPoint Live in MS Teams, which is a great tool. Again, I'm finding not many people know about this one. So rather than sharing a presentation, if we're presenting in MS Teams, we can use PowerPoint Live, which is down the bottom of the share screen. And that will allow us to do a couple of things. One of them is change the contrast. So when you're presenting with PowerPoint Live, if you have somebody who is visually impaired, you can click a button and it will change the contrast of all of your slides. And it will change it so that the background of the slides is black and that the text then or any text that's on there is a white color so that people can read that better if they have uh, if they're visually impaired. There's also subtitling in, in MS Teams as well, um, as well as having it on uh, PowerPoint when you're presenting. All right. Thank you. Uh, can you give us some tips on the tools you use to get the aesthetics right? I think I mentioned some of these earlier, actually, things like the contrast checker. That's a really important one. Um, and the Adobe Color. Uh, I've just remembered, actually, the, the name of the one, the, the tool that will give you the six shades, and that's Color Space. So that's one to check out. So Adobe Color will give you five shades, and Color Space will actually offer you six. So that's a better one to use for PowerPoint. But I'll just talk a little bit more about, um, about how those tools work. So what they will give you is they'll give you when you put the one color in, so the, say the primary uh, color, you can choose how you'll what are the shades it will give you based on the color wheel. So, for example, you could go for complementary colors, which will give you shades of the color that you have. So shades being from using more uh, black to white. So it'll give you darker and lighter uh, elements of that particular color. Then you have complementary. So they are at the, I think it's the four corners of the color wheel. Well, four corners, it's, it's, uh, it's almost showing a square in the color wheel. And then you have, um, there's, a, there's a few different options, about five or six different options. 
but, but it will basically, um, it's a split complementary. I think that might be showing five different options. But there's, um, I suppose it's like a, uh, what's the word? Um, sorry. No, I wasn't going to say contrast. It's almost, um, it's like a formula that it uses based on that. It's a, it's a yeah, formula that it'll use to pick out the colours that go with that. So it's based on science. Um, I suppose other things to think about. Um, I think with regards to getting the aesthetics right, one of the tips that I would use with imagery is to change the change the transparency of images to make them less um, less bold on the slide so that you can see your text. So that would be one of the things to make the image a little bit more transparent. If an image, if we want to have text with an image, there's a couple of different things that we can do. One of them is to put uh, a box, just a rectangle over the whole slide, and then we can change the color of that if we want to recolor an image or maybe make it um, a little bit easier to see our text over. And we can change the transparency, change the color and the transparency of the box over the image. And it allows us then to have a text box on top of that and be able to see the text a little bit easier. And another way then that we can make the text a little bit easier to read if we're using full imagery is to maybe put um, a, an outline on the text or to put a shadow on the text so that it stands out better. Sometimes if text is over a couple of different colours on an image, then you can't see it very well. So you have to play around with that just to get the uh, aesthetics right. Uh, thank you for all the advice. Is there anything extra you'd like to share before we finish? Yes. Um, I think one of the big things that I see people not using is the presenter view. I recently did training with 30 executives and only two out of the 30 were familiar with the presenter view. The presenter view, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, allows you to see any notes you've made on the slides whilst you're presenting and your audience only sees the slides. So to use the presenter view, you need two screens and you need to set up the um, set up, tick the presenter view to actually see it in PowerPoint first. And you can choose which screen the presenter view is going to be on. So I would advise have a little bit of playing around first to make sure it's going to go on the right screen. Um, and you basically have a, an overview of how long you've been presenting for. So if you're presenting to a certain time, it allows you then to make sure you're going to stay in that um, particular time that you need to do it in. It also shows you the time, like the actual live time now. So if you know you need to wrap up by a certain time, you've got a, a, an overview of that. You can see all of the slides coming up in your presentation so you can see what's next. It also allows you to annotate. You can zoom into one particular part of a slide if there's content there that you need to uh, show in a bit more detail and you can zoom back out again. The bit I like most about using the presenter view is if you have, say finished your presentation and you're doing a Q&A at the end and somebody says to you, oh, what was that slide you mentioned at the beginning? There is a slide overview section where you can view an overview, as it, as it says, of all of your slides. But the lovely thing is that you can click on any slide in the presentation and go to that presentation or go to that slide, sorry. So 
rather than having to flick through all of the slides, you can look at this overview, click on the slides you want to go to, and you jump straight through it without your audience going through all of the slides in between. And I think that's really, really powerful. I think another example where you could use that, perhaps during a presentation, if you're short of time, there might be a place where it's, it's a natural break and you can maybe skip a few slides, you know, if they're not that relevant. And it allows you to do that with this tool. So that's really, really powerful. Uh, PowerPoint Live is another one that I mentioned in MS, MS Teams. I'm finding a lot of people aren't familiar with it. It's very obvious when you know where it is. So if you are a Teams user, the next time you go to share, have a look right at the bottom of the share option and you will see the last few PowerPoint files that you have opened. So if you're going to share a PowerPoint presentation in a Teams meeting, all you need to do is open up that file before you go into Teams. Then when you go into Teams, that file will be shown at the bottom of the screen under PowerPoint Live. Click on that, it'll open, and it'll give you this presenter view type dashboard. However, you only need one screen for it. So that's really, really handy if you don't have the option of having two screens, because the presenter view will only work with two screens. And as I said, uh, the other nice tools that you have in presenter view, you have here in, in MS Teams. So you can do the, um, going to different slides without your audience knowing. There's one critical thing you need to know about uh, with uh, PowerPoint Live. You have, or your audience has the option to scan ahead and look at the slides before you're presenting them. So there is a little eye icon at the top of the screen. If you click on that, your audience are only going to see the slides as you're presenting them. That's, a, that's the thing you need to know on that. Um, <clears throat> And I suppose as it's a design thinking podcast, I, I have to mention this one as we're focusing on design. I've always wondered why in PowerPoint, when you open the slide master, which is the back end of the system where you can specify how you want your slides to look. So for example, if any of you are using uh, corporate templates, you'll, you know, there'll, there'll probably be a logo somewhere and you can't click on that logo because it's in the back end. And every time you open this particular view up, the slide master view, there is another section which is off the top of the screen and you always have to navigate to it. And this is the master slide where you put all of the information. So for example, your logo and it'll cascade down to all of the layouts masters. And I've often wondered why when you open that up, you don't see this master slide. And as a trainer, I think that is definitely something that people have struggled with. I've experienced when I've been training people that they've said, oh, I don't like this because I keep missing this slide out because it's not shown. So that's what I'd like to know from Microsoft. Why does it open up like that? <laughs> I think it's quite confusing. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for your time. We'll wrap it up here. Thank you for talking with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. See the description for links, credits and license information.